The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. And if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> beginning of that passage of our gospel <clears throat> uh, may seem a little confusing, all this talk about glory and God glorifying himself and Jesus and what does he talk, what does that mean, right? I think we usually associate glory with some great success or triumph uh, on a battlefield or a, a ball field or a concert hall. Huh? Uh, what we forget often is all of the preparation and hard work that went into that success. You know, the, the general's carefully drawn up battle plan, uh, the rigorous training of the athletes, the hours of practice of the musicians. You didn't just show up and you, you practiced, right? Okay, all right. Uh, without the discipline proper to each activity, without the obedience to its norms, there would be no triumph. Glory begins before the triumph, begins in, in discipline and obedience. And so it was with Jesus Christ. We tend to think uh, of his resurrection as his moment of glory, right? And of course it is, but, uh, when Jesus says, in, as in today's gospel, now is the Son of Man glorified and God is glorified in him, he is not talking about the resurrection. This is the, he's saying that the Last Supper. It's just a, it's, um, on the eve of his passion, just a few hours before he will mount the cross. God's glory in Christ began with the willingness of the Son to sacrifice himself on the cross for us. The Son's obedience was necessary so that the triumph of the resurrection could become manifest and be clearly visible. In his resurrection and ascension back to the Father, in his gift of the Holy Spirit to us and the Lord's active presence through the Spirit in his church, the glory of God is clearly manifest 
but it began in the humiliation and suffering of the cross. In our lives, as we try to follow Jesus, something similar happens. Our obedience to God is the beginning of the manifestation of his glory in us. Think of a soldier who's told to stand night watch. Okay? And the soldier standing watch sees some movement in the enemy camp and that those soldiers are starting to advance towards his side. And he alerts his captain and gives his own soldiers, fellow soldiers, a chance to repulse the enemy. Now, if that soldier is later promoted to a higher rank, he went from private to corporal or something, huh? the promotion resulted from his obedience to the order he had received to stand watch. When we make the effort to keep God's commandments, cooperating with God's grace, our obedience is already God's glory at work in us in a hidden way, but a glory, and a glory that will be manifested openly for all to see in heaven. A young woman uh, who rejected various opportunities to do immoral things with uh, her friends uh, was later able, with again, the inspiration, I think, the Holy Spirit, to discern a certain man would be a great husband for her, and she was right, and they have a good marriage. Huh? But it was her obedience to the to God's commandments that really prepared the way for that, I say, successful outcome in her life. Because she kept faith with the Lord and was able to find a man who would keep faith with her. A priest who works hard to help young people out in Los Angeles to escape from gangs. I'm gonna talk more about the confirmation mass I have here this afternoon about him. Father Greg Boyle wrote a great book called Tattoos on the Heart but he's helped lots and lots of young people, young men, but some young women too, to get out of the gang culture in Los Angeles. Um, and he's been praised, he's been on television, a lot of things, um, but the glory began in his willingness as a parish priest in a tough area of Los Angeles to, to fulfill day in and day out the commandment the Lord has given us. Love one another as I have loved you. It wasn't easy work. Still, he's been doing it almost 30 years. It still isn't. But it's that the willingness to obey the commandment of the Lord, to love others as the Lord has loved him, that has allowed his good work to become visible to lots of folks and to bring in a lot of support for the uh, the industries he's founded to give these young people work. And so that's why something that may seem kind of odd in the first reading is said. Paul and Barnabas have founded Christian communities in what is now Turkey. It used to be called Asia Minor. And then they're visiting them on their way home to Antioch in Syria from where they were sent, right? And they say to these communities founded, uh, we must... uh, it is necessary to, for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Well, that's a happy message, isn't it? <laughs> so, why would they say that? Uh, they don't say it to discourage uh, the, these new converts, but so that they 
may understand that the Christian life involves imitating Jesus, who had to pass through the agony of the cross before he got to his resurrection. The apostles don't want these new Christians to be thrown off stride when they experience rejection and, and even persecution because of their faith in Christ. And they would experience that. You and I can experience it too. Huh? Uh, but Paul and Barnabas wanted these new Christians to understand that their obedience to God's commandment and constant faith was necessary, uh, even in the midst of hardships, uh, in order to arrive at the glory of the resurrection. Huh? And so it's the same for us. If we want to live forever uh, in that holy city, the New Jerusalem, that beautiful image in the, in the second reading from the book of Revelation, first book I ever read, Bible all the way through, did not understand anything. And I don't understand much more now, uh, having studied it. But it is, is a wild and crazy book. But anyway, that beautiful image, the holy city, the heavenly Jerusalem descending uh, to us where God will dwell with his children forever. If we want that, we really want that, then we have to accept what faith in God demands, obedience to the Lord and to his commandments. The glory of God, which will be clearly visible in heaven, begins with our faithfulness to God here on earth. Now, I speak of these things. You, you all know this, but I speak to, about it to be, remind, be reminded of the things we know because they're important, right? The commandment that Jesus has given us to love one another as he has loved us requires a real interior discipline and a constancy in fighting against those selfish tendencies that we all have huh? so that we can do good to others, which is what Christian love is. Affection is good, and there are a lot of other things that are good, other kinds of love. Not talking against them, just saying the, the height of Christian love is doing good for others. As Jesus himself said, no one has greater love than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And he did that for us. Huh? So he sets the standard. Now, uh, parents, many of you are parents, understand this, how often you have had to sacrifice your desires, your preferences, in order to do good to your children. You know that, you've, you've done it. Well, it is, it's a bearing, bearing of a hardship uh, and for, for their benefit, right? But there are lots of folks, even in their professions, who do the same. Uh, firefighters or the police or other first responders, uh, teachers, uh, doctors, uh, uh, just soldiers, sailors, lots of folks. Anyone who dedicates time to helping others to do work for their good understands there is, we accept some hardships in our life in order to do good for others. Fulfilling the commandment of love, uh, the glory of God begins in all of those who respond that way long before they get any awards or, or recognition or promotions. Huh? Our fulfillment of the commandment of mutual love also has a real attractive power. Huh? And the pagans of old, you know, used to say about our people, see how these Christians love one another. See how these Christians love one another. Uh, the example of Christian love drew many people to Christ, and this is the same today. I remember in a one parish I was stationed in, there was a child who suffered a brain injury and it needed a lot of physical therapy. And the family didn't have the money to pay for professionals to come in and give that therapy all the time. And I guess they, I don't know, must not have had insurance or something, I don't know. But 
parishioners responded. Remember, I helped set up the whole system to, to get the parishioners to volunteer to be trained and how to do the therapy with the child. People in the community outside the parish noticed the loving response of those parish Catholic parishioners to that family in need. The last parish I was in, when I first got there, I went to a training uh, at the jail so I could be authorized to visit prisoners. I figure a big parish probably got some folks who go to jail once in a while, right? So I uh, get the training and in a break in the session, uh, talking with a man who's not Catholic, uh, and he asked, well, Father, where are you from? I'm from St. Martin's. I said, oh, that's the parish that feeds people. Yeah, St. Martin's had a soup kitchen in the basement of the church every six days a week for most of the year and had a pantry which gave out 200 to 300 bags of food for free to the working poor just constantly on holiday labor day any any day every monday they do it right the family the, the parish that feeds people people in the community beyond the parish noticed and appreciated the love that came from that that parish huh? so we can by the way we love one another, we can affect other people. That's why Jesus says in today's gospel, this is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And certainly that kind of mutual love is needed in a big way in our church in the present moment, along with being in our, in our families and our parishes, but we need it the, uh, in the church in a, in a broader sense. When it comes to that the whole sexual abuse scandal that we're dealing with, uh, Love, mutual love is shown by the support, the help we give to those who are victims and survivors of that kind of abuse. It's also shown when we refrain from making unfair judgments about people who are trying to set things right, like Archbishop William Laurie. It really bothers me that some, I find some Catholics in the archdiocese attack him, who's one of the leaders in our country, leaders in our church and among the bishops, and trying to do the right thing and make, make sure the right reforms go forward. It's just not fair. It's certainly not loving. And St. Paul says, when you backbite one another, you're going to destroy one another. We have to avoid that kind of lack of love huh? and lack of, of fairness. Uh, the glory of God, then, does not begin with triumphs and successes, with awards and applause, but rather with discipline and obedience to God, which enable us to fulfill the commandment of love. Without the cross of Christ, there would have been no resurrection. And without obedience to God, we can attain the glory of heavenly life. The glory of God begins in the struggle, in the battle, at times the agony of imposing discipline on ourselves and obedience to God's commandments. Later, yes, it will be manifest to all, the sun shines during our night in other parts of the world. But only with the dawn here do we see its light. However, if it stopped shining elsewhere, it would never become visible to us because there would be no dawn. The sun shines in our night when we obey God and keep his commandments even and especially when it's difficult. We will all see the sun later, for that dawn will surely come. So it was for Jesus when the cross led to his resurrection. 
and so it will be for us when our obedience to God leads us to the resurrection to new life.